All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live nonstop Leafs talk starts now. Buckle up for another crazy night in the NHL on the eve of American Thanksgiving. 15 games, 30 teams in action, including the Leafs in the New Jersey to take on the Red Hot New Jersey Devils. It's the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa with you. What's going on, Rosie? Not too much, dude. Flying home today, so uh, just <laughs> felt like flying out on the uh, busiest day of uh, American travel, so why not? <laughs> we were joking off air, like this has been the longest vacation of all time into California, but it ends today for Rosie. He'll be back in the saddle coming up tomorrow, but remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review. Don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, concerns, questions, drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube. We'll get to it later on. If you have a question as well for Frank Saravalli, who's coming up in about 15 minutes or so, bring it right now. Of course, the Leafs and big time topic of conversation in the trade world in terms of the NHL because of the injury to Morgan Riley. Dude, I can't believe it. They're projected D-Corps tonight, 7.1 million bucks combined. Can you fathom that? No, I've never even heard of anything that low. Like, I'd like to see the comparables, man. Like, that's half. Uh, I mean, it doesn't even look like it's half the Marlies, but it's just like, Jesus, man, we just can't afford this right now. Like, I don't know. I was crunching a couple numbers, and it's like since Samsonov got hurt eight games ago, we've gotten 11 points out of eight games. Not bad. I mean, we're hanging along here, grinding and pulling some points out. And, you know, just when we feel like we're seeing some light, 
Riley goes down, like kind of the last guy we need going down, especially on the back end. So I don't know, man, just another bit of a grind. Obviously, I think they'll be, uh, you know, we'll be grinding again into a little bit of December, it looks like. But, you know, overall, when you look back at all this, I hope that, you know, we keep doing what we're doing and chiseling some points out and getting out of the dark days and then, you know, put the masks up and away we go in uh, mid-December. That's that's the hope. But, I mean, we've been sitting here for a while with a bunch of banged up players and it just doesn't stop. It doesn't. And certainly every team goes through it and we'll get to more of that coming up again. Frank Cervelli as well in about uh, 12, 13 minutes from now. You do not want to miss that interview. We're going to get into the trade conversation for sure. But as you mentioned, it is American Thanksgiving coming up tomorrow. So I wanted to ask you this. Uh, what's holiday season like for a National League? Is American Thanksgiving big even for a Canadian team? I know you played for a Canadian team and American teams too. Uh, I remember nothing being big, man. It was just, uh, you know, they usually... <laughs> They'll usually plan games on days when, uh, you know, what's convenient for the fans, right? Rightfully so. So as a player, you don't really get too many breaks. I remember having, you know, you just run upstairs in your condo to somebody who's still around for the one or two days you get off to have Christmas and Thanksgiving dinner. But someone will throw on a turkey and, you know, usually some of the wives get together and uh, plan whoever's still around. Or, you know, usually no one leaves town, right? You don't have much time or you're, yeah. you're on the road yourself. But you'll you'll find a day to shoot up to someone's condo or house and have a bit of a a bit of a festivity but it sure isn't like it is for everyone else at home when you're playing and rightfully so i guess it's tough to get gooned up too right because i think you look at the schedule and i can't remember when you played like what five six seven eight years ago in terms of how different the schedule looks but we're completely dark on american thanksgiving tomorrow but then there's a flurry of games like i'm not sure if you've seen this yet but the leafs actually play at two eastern time on Friday against the Minnesota Wild. So we're talking some Friday puck on Friday. Yeah, that's definitely Afternoon weird puck. for them. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, totally. It'll throw in, it'll throw guys' uh, you know, routines off a little bit when some guys get really hooked into, I like to skate at this time, I like to eat at this time, I take a nap for this long at this time, then I go get my coffee, then I'm at the rink at this time. It's just, it, it's all blown up, right? And, um, you know, you're probably not eating chicken parm at 10.30 in the morning <laughs> and everything's kind of thrown off a little bit. But, uh, you know, honestly, I never minded that. I, I kind of hated the routine and the waiting around for the game. So whenever they threw a wrench into it, I just shrugged my shoulders and said, ah, fuck it. I guess we just got to do whatever comes our way. And then all the kind of, you know, the prep is off you and you just go and take whatever comes to you. I liked that a little bit better, but some guys definitely hated it. You a big turkey guy? Yeah, I think so. We we fired one up at the hall the other. We were Canadian at Thanksgiving. We fired one up and it was amazing. We were all saying, why don't we ever eat turkey besides twice a year? It's kind of weird. It's so good. I'm the opposite, man. Maybe it's my Italian uproots, but I rather pasta or something else over turkey. Uh, some other meat. Uh, I just, I've never got down with it. I think it's really, really dry. Maybe my mother's just terrible at cooking it. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Mom, if you're listening or watching, I'm kidding. But I don't know. I've just never been a fan of the turkey and more so... How fatigued you are with a tryptophan after, man. I could take like a seven-hour nap after eating turkey. It is weird. It is really weird. And I doubt your mom's not good at cooking stuff, being a good Italian woman. I'm sure she's great. You are correct. Her cooking is phenomenal. It's number one, so I've made up for it for sure. But let's get over the boards, Rosie. Indisputably is the uh, lead story here in this market. Morgan Riley goes down, placed on LTIR during our show yesterday which means he'll miss a minimum of 24 days, 10 games, uh, a knee injury, as you predicted, Dr. Rosehill. Uh, so what now is my question? I mentioned the uh, projected D-Corps for tonight's game combined 7.1 million bucks. They're up against it. They're going to be in one. 
I guess uh, Gio and Halsey are taking over those minutes. Idea. <laughs> Your boy Halsey. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about it. I mean, it's not, you got to have someone crunch a lot of big, big, uh, big minutes right now because that's what, that's what Riley put up there. And now you got to replace it with whoever you can. And they'll try to mix it up and see who's going each night, I imagine, and just kind of fly by the seat of their pants that way and, and try to fill holes where they can. But like we've said on this show, I mean, you know, one or two of those little mistakes, costly, costly out of position moments, uh, getting a little caught behind with your gap and whatnot, whatever it is, that can be the game, especially against the New Jersey Devils. You're not going to be able to give up many opportunities and you're not going to get many. So it's just, it's, it's scary to have a guy like that out of the lineup and, and still still try to perform and, and outchance them and outscore them and shut them down. is going to be very difficult, but you know, stranger things have happened. And sometimes when your back's up against the wall, you just pull something out of your ass. And I mean, that's probably what the Leafs are planning on tonight. Definitely, and I think you referenced it a bit there, and you see the potential lineup in front of you. Um, but in the absence of Riley, who needs to step up the most, in your opinion? My guy would be Rasmus Sandin. I think, obviously, he's going to see an uptick in minutes, but most specifically, he's going to be elevated to PP1 to play with the big boys. And I won't lie. I, you know, there's been bits and pieces throughout this early season where I've wanted to see that anyway, and, and now he's going to get a shot. Um, are you curious with him? Who, who do you want to step up here in the absence of Riley? Yeah, I like what you're saying, Rasmus. I mean, he hasn't been playing um, up to, I think, his standards and his potential Agreed. since he came back. And maybe that's, you know, it's tough to start off a season when you do the whole holdout thing and you miss some games and the team's going on without you with camp and everything. Maybe that plays a factor a little bit to a, a slow start, but it would be really nice if he popped up and, and kind of showed out tonight. But uh, same with Timothy Lilligren. I think that, you know, obviously I don't think he's as as highly touted as a player but I think his ceiling is is high as well and he could step up and and do some big things play some big minutes do some shutdown get the puck moving forward quick with some confidence and get the hell up in the play and see if he can make something happen and kind of cover both ends of the rink is is a good opportunity for both of them I think to really stand up and say hey I can handle some some more in my play right now I'm ready it's just funny how it works out in the NHL world. So you lose your number one defenseman in fact Toronto will be without their top three highest paid defenseman and you got to play the New Jersey Devils for the second time in six days. This Devils team is on complete yeah. fuego. We said this last Thursday when they beat Toronto 3-2. Igor Sharangovich, of course, the OT winner on the gift wrap from Tavares and Marner, if you do remember that. And the Leafs don't win an OT, as we know. But they got really close to, to, to beating a team that just had an unbelievable start. They're 16-3. The Leafs 10-5-5. and but it's just amazing how it works out that, you know, the last team you want to play with a depleted back end, that's the one you get tonight. Yeah, it's kind of like when it rains, it pours, right? But, uh, you know, we talk about it on our end many times about a sleeper game. You know, these guys have been on this heater for a long time and every day is kind of the same. Like we got the streak going, it's going to break eventually. And, you know, maybe they kind of take the Leafs for granted right now. Say, oh, we beat them when they were at their best at home, but they get all fired up to play in Toronto and it's a big you know, big hockey night game or whatever it is. And this is a little bit more subdued. It's a, a Wednesday night game. They're depleted. They just beat them recently in memory. Maybe their minds just kind of nod on and they think they're going to walk through this one. And the Leafs could potentially, you know, really come together, like I said, with some adversity and just lay it all out there. And, you know, all you can do is throw a flyer out there and see what you can do. And there's not a lot of pressure on the Maple Leafs to win this one. So it, it could go that way. I, it would be pretty awesome if it did. But uh, that's a goddamn good hockey team over there.
And yeah, it is. It sure is. And you look at the spreads as well in points back Canada. The uh, the favorite is the home team, and uh, understandably so in the New Jersey Devils. Conversely, you look at last Thursday, the Leafs were heavily favored. Uh, and we, we talked about how curious that number was. But Toronto was good in that yeah. game. Do not forget that. But again, New Jersey's lot are 113 in a row. They haven't lost since uh, October 24th. They just are so dynamic in the way they play the game. And I was really, really impressed when you look at last Thursday. Puck possession's a big thing, and you just can't make mistakes. So uh, obviously that's going to be further amplified now without Riley, that the attention to detail with the puck is going to be massive, Rosie. Yeah, big time, man. It's just it's just limiting mistakes is all it is. You, you know, we see with some of these guys that we've talked about um, throughout the season when you're, you have potential to win a game and it's just that one mistake and it's just that one ill-opportune time where you let a guy pass you or forget your assignment or whatever it is in it. Obviously, it's defensemen that are usually doing that because defense is a tougher decision or a tougher position. And you're obviously put in positions where when it gets by you, there's only one line left. And even more so, the goal is that way as well, being the last line of defense. So, you know, mistakes are definitely amplified and on the back end. And they're going to be so even more right now when, when they're depleted. But, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are all National Hockey League players for the most part. And, I think they can just come together and keep things to the outside, keep it very simple and keep mistakes to an absolute minimum has got to be what, what keeps preaching right now. Yeah, certainly. And again, I think you have to have a bit of confidence in the way you played last Thursday against this team. Like, let's not forget, they were pretty damn close to dethroning New Jersey. And last time I checked, the Devils are going to lose eventually. But like to your theory about them having one of those games where just nothing clicks, I've been waiting and waiting and betting against New Jersey in-game, out-of-game, pre-game, every game. And they still win, and they win, and they win, and they win. Like, to me, outside of the personal story of Eric Carlson, this has been the most improbable start to this season for the New Jersey Devils. In my wildest dreams, I could never have projected this, man. Like, they've been outstanding. Jack Hughes has been incredible. Jesper Bratt. Um, you know, Dougie Hamilton's had a really, really consistent start. And you look at Vitek Vanacek. Like, you can tie in the lease conversation, too, where the fact that the Capitals let, let go of both their goalies from last season and guys to a degree are having success. And Oelia Samson, I was banged up right now, but he was really good before the injury. And then you look at Vanacek and a 9-1-0 record through 10 appearances, man. Like everything has gone right for New Jersey, but you start to wonder if they're peaking too early here. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned their players and everything. They got some high-end players and stuff, but it's not like one of those just ridiculous things where one line is so hot or a goalie is just shutting down. Uh, the whole world and getting shutouts and, you know, save percentage and everything is through the roof and they just keep ticking along with these crazy wins. But you know it's going to kind of fall. They're kind of like just a well-rounded team. Like what what's continued them 13 games in a row? They're obviously doing something in that locker room um, chemistry-wise and the way everyone's clicking, you know, a total understanding of everyone's roles on the team and assignments. And they're going really good. But, um, you know, like you say, it is a bit of a bubble. I mean... I don't think they're so good that they're just going to set records or anything like that. They're just on an absolute heater. And I think that that's just a great thing. Like I said, it's not just some fly-by-night thing that's winning them all these games. They're doing it together, which is a good sign down the road. It will end eventually, but man, it, it looks like they've kind of found that magic formula of, you know, chemistry and finding a team that clicks together because that's fuck exactly what they're doing right now. Yeah, they've been money in the bank. There's no doubt about that. Again, Frank Cervalli uh, will will drop on in about uh, thir three or four minutes from now. Uh, but the lineup news and the lineup information, Nick Robertson expected to come back for the Leafs in this game. He's been a health bomb eating the popcorn in the press box for the last four. 
What do you make of that decision? And clearly, I think we're seeing what the least view Robertson as, and that's a top six player when he's not playing. Um, you know, it's not going to be in a bottom six role. So you see there with Tavares and Marner and the potential of that line uh, catching fire tonight. Yeah, I see that too. I mean, I've liked Robertson when he's in. I think he's got big potential, but I think they're just kind of being, you know, taking it easy on him. Like you said, they're not going to throw him down to a bottom six role. He's not that player. So <clears throat> they're not going to, you know, they'd prefer taking him out of the lineup than, than putting him down there, just like you said. And that says to me yeah. that they're not trying to jumble this guy up or, or, you know, you can ruin a player by shoving him in positions he's not used to, shoving him in positions he doesn't belong. Um, when you start panicking and making roster decisions because you're up against a wall with injuries, you can kind of bugger a guy up. You can do that with a young player and, and give him too much on his lap too early. And I think they're just doing that, but he definitely is a type of player that can play with those guys and with how hot, you know, Johnny T is right now and Marner. I think he's definitely the guy to go up there and and sit beside him on this uh, on this opportunity and and see what he can get done and you know he showed it before and hopefully he's not dejected by having a couple nights in the press box. Jeez, he's young and he's good and let's go right. I actually don't mind this look tonight. So as you see, Dennis Malgin's going to come out. That means Kerfoot to the third line. I think Holmberg and Kelly Arncroke have looked good the past couple games. You know, I was. I was mentioning on uh, on yesterday's broadcast how I really like what the Blackhawks brought to the table the other night in that loss to the New York Islanders, and I think Kerfoot just adding depth in terms of a, you know, guy who can actually provide offense like and be a threat at the very least in the bottom six. And I like his Swiss Army nature, the fact that he can play in the third line, the fourth line, the first line, the second line. It really doesn't matter in all facets of the game for Alex Kerfoot. So I think it provides a different look. And it provides John Tavares with another sniper on his wing, right? You have a guy like Marner who can do his thing on the other side. You have Robertson who's got a lethal release. Uh, I think it puts John Tavares in a really, really good position to succeed, which only helps because that you know that duo I think has looked really, really good, all things considered, since they were reignited, uh, reunited, I should say, and put together again by Sheldon Keefe. So I, I don't mind it, and I think they have to find a way. To me, it's paramount they find a way to get Robertson going here. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, look at just look at the top six and forget about everything else. I mean, whoa, there's some there's some hockey players on those two lines and a lot of them are firing right now. So, you know, what a great opportunity for, say, Austin Matthews to do one of his Austin Matthews things and just take over a game where he just yeah. has four points and see you later, right? And then everyone else chips in and, you know, closes things off on the back end and, and away you go, you get the biggest wins of the year. And I think that's very possible just with the firepower that they still have on their on their top six but uh you know like you alluded to some of these guys can play with anybody and they they have this year and they've still contributed and produced so um you know good time for that to happen but you know as we all know that just pure firepower is not going to win games i think the leafs have learned that and they know that now and they're not relying on that but now that they're pushing this position it'd be a nice time for those guys to kind of take off and just try it anyways right and from a matchup standpoint, too, I think you look at New Jersey, and that's the one thing that sticks out for a lot of people early on in this season is the uncanny depth, right? You look at what they provide on the fourth line, the third line, and certainly the top six, and I think every team tries to mirror that around the league. And again, I just think it adds a lot more depth having a guy like Robertson in the top six. But again, ultimately, it's going to come down to him and the staying power, right? Like how many times already in this early season that we talked about Robertson ready to take that next step and it's, it's like he takes one step forward and two steps back. And again, you can get, you know, drawn into the conversation about the coaching staff, the team, how they feel about him. Are they not giving him enough confidence, enough leash, enough leeway? Like, he seems to be the guy that is picked on the most when this team is struggling, is he not? 
Yeah, and that's kind of annoying because, like, we go back to camp when he had such a great camp and a, such a great preseason. Um, came in, had that big OT winner as well. Once he gets called back up, which was kind of rightfully his spot, if it weren't for cap issues and. Um, you know, I think you just, again, you look at it with a magnifying glass, you can find that stuff. But I mean, if he's in the Dallas Stars, just quietly doing his thing and you're waiting for him to have his big game and you're like, oh yeah, that Robertson's pretty good. Hey, like you look at it so closely with a fine tooth comb that you're going to, you know, start to see this and that. But at the end of the day, you know, he's been pulled out of the lineup when they need it because of those reasons that you alluded to. You know, he is a top six guy. He's not going to get jumbled in down there playing with different guys. It's just not his, his spot. And you know, I don't think he's done anything wrong. He's a young, young player still breaking into the league with a handful of games, and he's contributed and made an impact in many of them. So, I mean, everything's going right, you know, for Nick Robertson right now. And, you know, he's got to bide his time and wait for opportunities to, to do his thing. It's not easy breaking into this league. And, you know, here's one in front of him right now tonight. He's got an opportunity to play with these two guys. So I think everything's going status quo and whatever you go on Twitter and people are ripping this guy and that guy, whatever, throw him out against the wall and see what sticks. But at the end of the day, he's, he's doing just fine. He's right where he should be, a, a young player with you know, potential and he's getting opportunity in the right ways. I think they're managing him just fine. For sure. Uh, and it's a big time moment again for the Maple Leafs, but to a point you made earlier, again, Frank Cervelli is coming up. Austin Matthews, uh, I still think, you know, it's it's crazy to suggest because he's got nine goals on the season, but I think we're still waiting for that signature Austin Matthews game where he erupts for like two, three, four goals, right? And we haven't got it yet, but maybe New Jersey's a perfect opponent for that. Yeah, you hope so. Like, um, you know, we said that there's going to be sledding here and there's not a lot of expectation and it's not a big must win game by any stretch and their back's against the wall. So it'd be a great time for him just to say, oh yeah, remember me and away he goes. But uh, I agree with you since game number one, you know, we've been kind of trying to wait for him to just be that explosive superstar and I'm not dogging him. He's been just fine. Like you say, he's he's been scoring, he's got points and stuff, but there hasn't just been like that hi, remember I'm better than everybody else at hockey type of moment for him, and he's very capable of doing that. So it would be a wicked time to do it <laughs> against the Dells tonight, absolutely. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Perhaps it was an unrealistic expectation for a guy who had, what, 60 goals in 73 games last year to expect that every year. But certainly I think he is missing <laughs> that extra step, uh, the, the extra step that we've seen in recent memory, right, with Matthews. But the fortunate thing is he always has the ability to turn things on, and he hasn't been that bad. You just haven't noticed him as much as, say, like a Mitch Marner who enters a game on a 13-game point streak or specifically a John Tavares who's just been outstanding early on through the 20-game mark of this season. Yeah, like, I mean, you got the Austin Matthews with the 60 goals last year, and I got caught up in that too. Like, how many will he get this year? It's like, well, who knows, right? It's not, you got a lot of things got to go right for you to put up 60 and have that magical year. That could be a career year for absolutely anybody. But um, you look at Marner, you look at, Tavares, um, you look at Nylander, these guys are kind of all been producing, it seems like, more than him. You, you notice them in a game more. You notice them on the highlights. You notice them in the big moments and stuff in Austin. And he's been an absolutely, and he's an asset. But, yeah, I agree. He hasn't done that that big, I'm the big boy on this team moment by any stretch. A lot of the other guys have, thankfully. That's great. That's what you need. But, you know, and like you say, you don't want him to peak too early. Maybe he just doesn't have the greatest preseason ever. And then he goes and lights the tits off the whole league all playoffs long. I mean, would we take that? What do you think, right? Yeah, my substitute would be like Matthews pounding his chest in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'll, gra I'll gladly take that for 40 goals. How about that? Let's get to today's guests from Daily Faceoff, the insiders of NHL Insiders. It is Frank Saravelli. Frank, a happy early Thanksgiving to you. I know you're going to have a great time over the next couple of days, but... What's the latest? Uh, do you expect the Leafs to make a move here? I do. Look, um, they're in a spot that you take a look at their top six defensemen at this point in this exact moment in time. I thought when Jake Muzzin went down, it necessitated a move. And now with Morgan Riley out for the next while, that I think there's certainly um, – it's only heightened that need. Look, Mac Hollowell doesn't even have a graphic on daily faceoff. I mean, come on. That's, I that's, uh, that's, that's telling in and of itself. We've got – we've got graphics for everyone. So, so um, for me, I look at this group and look, as much as Mark Giordano is excited to play more minutes and, you know, you're going to get to see more from Rasmus Santin and, and Timmy Lilligren, you know, I think they're in a spot where the only question is when and how big of a swing do they take? It's not if. So what are you hearing in terms of names on that front? And I know, you know, it's a great point, right? Because they have to sort of protect the Riley cap hit and all of that for when he comes back. And there's other things, you know, including the contract situation with 50 in and 50 out, certainly. But what kind of names are you hearing? Like, is it going to be the rental market? Or are they pretty much interested in anything right now? Well, I think they have to be open to anything. And I think a really good starting point is the list that I put out last week, six potential fits. Uh, to replace Jake Muzzin because a lot of that list, in fact, all of it still applies to with Riley being out. So um, you have to account, of course, for the fact, as you mentioned, that they're expecting Riley back sometime in 2023. Um, you have to account for the idea that, um, you know, maybe there's the contract issue, I, although I don't ever see that as big of a hurdle. You can always dump someone somewhere for future considerations to a team who's willing to do you a favor. Uh, just to will out of that issue if it really push comes to shove. But the thing for me is, is it a temporary stopgap solution, a warm body that you can put uh, in your lineup now for the next you know number of weeks? That's nice playoff insurance. 
Or is it more than that? Is it a big swing, someone like a John Klingberg on the rental market or someone with term uh, like a Matt Roy in Los Angeles? So there's a number of different options, but I think reading the market, Nick, to me, one of the biggest things that I've learned is there's so few guys that are out there that have term that teams are willing to move on from. It's a really scarce list, and as much as the Leafs would probably prefer to have a non-rental of have a player with term, that they may have to adjust their thinking process here and and move forward in a different direction. Rosie, this well, is your what time else, to Frank? Shine. You, Frank, what do you see as um, say they don't get that rental guy and they get a guy with term who's who's got the potential to actually make a difference in this Leafs lineup going forward and like kind of like a permanent stay, like what the fans are saying. We need this guy. What what do you see as them giving up to get that if it becomes available? It depends on who it is, right? Like, so you see Matt Roy, that's, um, he's the only guy on this list that actually has term. Uh, I know it says here that he's a pending UFA. He's not. Um, but it depends on which way you want to go. And I, so, okay. So I did um, Toronto radio yesterday, Fan 590, and Ben Ennis was the host, and he asked me, um, what do you think about the idea of the Leafs going after Eric Carlson? And I immediately dismissed it out of hand, but it's actually going to be a talking point on Daily Faceoff Live today because I think you actually have to take a step back and consider all of the different options that might be on the table. At first glance, I was like, this is a really complicated transaction. There's so many moving parts to this. He has an $11.5 million cap hit, and for a team that already has three eight-figure cap hits, that's almost exactly the last thing that the Toronto Maple Leafs need. But I think you could actually make an interesting argument now that I've taken a step back and, and internalized the question a bit and say that it makes more sense for Toronto Maple Leafs and their future to go after a player like that at full cap hit and not have to give any of your future up, meaning the assets that you might trade to get one of these rental players, to get a John Klingberg or to get someone else and keep those players, whether it's the first round pick and Matthew Nyes or Nick Robertson, whoever it might be, so that you have players that are contributing to your team in the future on entry-level contracts. If you're going to be taking on a burden like that in Eric Carlson, who is so elite, who has the connection in their front office with Jason Spezza, it, like, it sounds utterly outrageous and outlandish until you take a step back to really kind of consider the big picture. I think it's very unlikely still, but I think if the Leafs, you got to put every single option on the table and at least work your way through it. Yeah, at very least, uh, I think they're going to sniff around clearly Frank in this conversation, uh, but to get you must give, as you referenced, uh, Nick Robertson's had a turbulent start to this season to say the least uh, to the best of your knowledge. Is he an untouchable still for this team? No, uh, I do not believe so. I think the list of untouchables is very small. I think last year it was Matthew Nyes. I think given where they're at, given the expectations, given the fact that this team is squarely in that competitive cycle to win, I, I think even you'd have to consider Matthew Nyes in the right deal as well, that I think sometimes um, you get to a spot where you begin to overrate and, and get infatuated with some of the players that you have in your organization. I just don't think the Leafs are in a spot where they can dismiss anything out of hand, including their prospects, given where they are, that whatever comes down the pike, you'd have to at least think about it. Frank, uh, excellent stuff, and we look forward to Daily Faceoff Live today. Appreciate this. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Frank. Anytime, happy Thanksgiving. There you have is uh, Frank Saravalli, of course, of Daily Faceoff Live. That's coming up. And 
That's interesting, man. That is interesting, Eric Carlson. But certainly, I think you look at these type of defensemen, and especially that contract that accompanies him, I think that's just going to be a really, really difficult move to make. But I think if you're Toronto, at the very least, you have to make a call. But I've just been in the community that you're paying the big four that money. It's just going to be tough to do anything, Rosie. Yeah, big time. I mean, that's that's the problem that this is only going to get worse with this team too. come down the, the summer of 2023 here. Can you imagine they have Eric Carlson on the cap <laughs> as well? Like they'd have to move something big around and, and make a big change yeah. and and get rid of like, a, you know, one of those contracts or one of those talents and see what they can get back and try to minimize the damage as much as possible and maximize your team. But ultimately, they're kind of going for it right now. Like, that's why I think Frank says nothing's off the table because, yeah, you know, they're not rebuilding. They're not they, it's go time. Like your contracts, so you've got your big boys set and they're playing well and you've got a couple pieces you need to fine tune and it is on the back end. Get something done and, and try to win and don't bet the farm doing it, which I don't think they need to, but, you know, there's going to be a rebuilding process after all these contracts can't fit in the cap anymore and, and then you're going to be there for a while. So make hay while the sun shines, and that's this year, right? You're bang on, my man. Uh, the meantime, uh, the wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. There it is. There it is. Um, so my boy, I was texting you last night about my boy, Tage Thompson. I don't know if you caught the entire scoreline, <laughs> but he had himself a night of 4.8, a goal and three apples and a billion shots on goals. So yes, we covered yesterday, Rosie. We're going to try to stay hot tonight. Um, in general, my philosophy around American Thanksgiving is take the over, and I'm going to stick with that theory tonight. Give me the over six and a half between the Leafs and the New Jersey Devils. I think most specifically, the only way Toronto can win tonight, especially knowing what we know about their back end, is to play that barn burner, run and gun type style. That's the only way you're beating the Devils, in my opinion. Um, so I like the over six and a half. And I think both teams might be loose in this game, considering what's ahead and all the turkey ahead, too. Yeah, well, I uh, I was going to say, wow, the Thanksgiving over. I think those boys might get some turkey and then be toast. But like you say, they need to play that sling game tonight where their big boys got to score a lot of goals to beat this team. And it's going to be something like that where they just it's just a barn burner. So I don't mind it at all. And yeah, if it, if it does turn out to be, you know, 7-4 gear, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever you want to call it, 5 Who knows? They could shoot the lights out, right? So that would yeah. be an exciting game. I hope that... Uh, I hope that it happens, man, but it's going to be a tough one. But for once, it's a Leafs game without a ton of pressure, and it doesn't feel like a, a must win. So that's got to be a different look for the boys. Yeah, I know. They're the underdog, which is a good role to, to be in the NHL. And as we talk about through the broadcast throughout this year, Toronto's always a, the definitive favorite. So it's like a role reversal tonight where everybody's expecting New Jersey to win. And maybe it's the Leafs who walk away with two points. So we get set for that one. Um, are you a big football guy? Uh, a little bit. I've gotten into it the last three three years or so and just started fantasy this year. So I'm I'm, I'm in it a little bit. Okay, so you can talk to your buddies. Um, I think tomorrow's mission for you, I'm going to give you the rights to the Points Bet Canada bet of the day because there's no hockey. You know I'm prolific in hockey and not much uh, more any anywhere else. So as you know, there's some football games on tomorrow. You know I won't be watching. So you're going to make the pick tomorrow, okay? Can you handle that? Cool, I got her. So, I'm so yeah, just think of maybe the latest game in the schedule because, again, we go at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So if you can do that, that would be fantastic, okay? 
Right on, dude. I need a winner. I gotta start off hot. Anything you want. And if you win that one, then you'll keep rolling, okay? Beautiful. I've been waiting there for a while so for this opportunity. <laughs> dude, I've been winning too much. Been winning you everybody too much money. That's the problem. Rosie, excellent job. Uh, safe travels home, and we'll talk tomorrow, okay? Done, dude. There you have it. Rosie's uh, one-week extravaganza in California is now complete, headed back home to Alberta. And that's what we'll talk tomorrow. The Leafs and Devils tonight at the Prudential Center at The Rock. It's going to be something special. And American Thanksgiving coming up tomorrow. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.